0: Well, it is nice that this event did go ahead because it was, you know, a bit iffy there for a while with um, yet another lockdown. But um, it kind of uh, occurred to me to wonder why we make gingerbread houses rather than, say, gingerbread schools or gingerbread factories, <laughs> which is a bit of a weird thing to say. But I guess I'm I'm thinking it symbolises... Um, What home means to us symbolises something like safety and security and warmth and um, somewhere where you can drop your burdens, somewhere where you can be known um, and and hopefully accepted for who you are. And I, I know that's an ideal. Not everybody's home is like that. And even the best homes aren't like that all the time. But I was wanting to talk a little bit about the Bible today um, and the fact that heaven is often talked about in terms of coming home and I don't know if you believe in heaven or believe in the afterlife, whether you think about it much, but the Bible talks about heaven as being the kingdom of light in something I'm going to read to you in a little little while. So again the sense of um, Nothing hidden, safety and security and uh, perhaps knowing God and being known by God and and feeling okay about that. Um, No darkness. And, of course, there's a lot of darkness in this life. I think we all have our own ideas about heaven and, what, you know, about the afterlife, what's beyond this life. Uh, I've got a 95-year-old friend who... I've been spending a lot of time with lately, um, I've just had to help her move from her home to a nursing home and she, she says, you know, she knows her time is, is limited, she's not got too many days or weeks left and she thinks she would just like to meet her mum when she dies. She, 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 her mother was 14 months old when she died and she just has this idea that she'd like to walk up to her mum and say, here I am, I'm your daughter. And then she goes, oh, but she'll be a young, beautiful woman and I'm a 95-year-old lady, you know, so it's, it's got its, you know, other side. Of course, every religion is about dealing with what comes next, basically, isn't it? Every religion seems to teach something along the theme of be a good person, do your best, you know, live a moral life and you'll probably be okay. And every religious leader teaches something like, you know, believe what I tell you, try to obey it and you'll probably be all right. Well, that's every religion except Christianity, the one I'm going to talk about today. And I don't know whether that surprises you because... An awful lot of people think that Christianity is about just, be, you know, just like I've said, be a good person, do your best, live a moral life, and you'll probably be okay. Or maybe, you know, you might put in love God or read, read your Bible or something like that. But Christianity is the only religion that I've ever heard of, anyway, that teaches something completely different from that When you read the Bible, it doesn't talk like that at all. And um, what it teaches is not be good and you might be right. It teaches no one can be good enough to go to heaven. But you have to receive your entrance to heaven as a gift. And that is very different from every other religion. And uh, look. On your tables, there's a, a, a printed little leaflet that um, just has the sentences on that I'm going to read. I'm just going to read a bit of, not the whole lot right now. But just so you know, I'm not making this up, that it's actually in the Bible. And it comes from a, a letter written by a man called Paul who was writing to a, a small church that he, he hadn't met the people. He'd heard about them. And he he wrote this letter and told them that he was praying for them. And this is part of what he prayed. He prays that they would be joyfully giving thanks to the Father, that's God, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Now, you see that, that bit where it says... he wants them to be giving thanks to the father who has qualified them, past tense they have been given a qualification and it's very definite, it's very you've got it, there's no question about you might have the qualification or you've got to wait and see, you've got it now Normally, when we think about qualifications, we think about something that you might work very hard to get. I've got some nurses at my table. I'm sure they worked hard to become qualified nurses. Um, And certainly, the times we're living through, you want to know um, who you're listening to for advice as to whether to get vaccinated or whether not to. You want those people to be qualified to to tell you what what might save your life or might not. And, um, and then, you know, if you're up to your knees in sewage in your backyard because something's broken, you want a qualified plumber to come and fix the problem. Or if you're driving over a brand new bridge and it's just had a big flood happen, you want to know that qualified engineers designed that bridge and that it's going to withstand the sort of thing that happens when a flood hits it. So, to be given a qualification, as it says in in these sentences, God has qualified these Colossian people. And not earning it, it doesn't seem right. It seems unfair. If you were given a qualification that you haven't earned, it's not right. It, It is not fair. So, you think, well, with these people, maybe he knew these were very good people who'd been... You know, he'd heard about how good they were. But as you read on in the letter, he Paul actually says some really quite rude things about them. He says, in fact, that they were alienated from God. He says that they were enemies of God. And he even says that they were dead in their sins. That does not sound like the sort of people who would be going to heaven. It doesn't sound like they've... Um, made friends with God in any way shape or form so how can people who reject God who are enemies of God how can they get this free pass into God's kingdom the kingdom of light how can they get to share in an inheritance as if they're God's children and they're going to share in everything God has that's how it's talked about so is God unjust? Does he just think, yeah anything goes? Well, God isn't unjust. God is just. But if he was only just, we would all have a problem. Because the Bible tells us that every single one of us is alienated from God. None of us deserve to go to heaven none of us are good enough no matter how hard we try not me not you not the the most holy person you can think of no one deserves to go to god to be with god in his kingdom so if god was only just we'd have a big problem but god is not only just he is loving ...and merciful. God loves us. He wants us with him in his kingdom. He wants us to know him and he wants to know us. He doesn't want to disqualify anybody from coming to him. He wants wants us to be at home with him. He wants us not to live in darkness. The passage goes on to say that... um, ...following on from what I read before, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. When we don't know God, we are living in darkness. Do you feel like you know God? Do you have a personal kind of day-to-day relationship with the creator God, the God of the universe... If you don't know God, you are living in darkness. And that that can sound pretty offensive, I have to say. <laughs> Most people don't like being told that they're living in darkness. Um, to illustrate, I just thought of this situation many years ago when my husband and I were going on a holiday. We went up to um, far north Queensland to see the Great Barrier Reef and we arrived late in the afternoon and... Um, we checked into our accommodation and then thought, well, well, we'll go for a walk. It was a beautiful evening, really balmy, tropical, warm air, so unlike today. <laughs> and um, we, we wandered down to the beach and, oh, it was just beautiful. We were paddling. It was just, you know, so relaxing and so lovely. And we thought, oh, there's nobody else here. This is very odd. You know, it's high, it's high peak season for tourists. Where is everybody? Anyway, we just enjoyed ourselves and went home. And the next day, the next morning, we went down to the same beach and then we saw the signs. If any of you have been up there, you might know what I'm about to say. Do not go on the beach at night, crocodiles. (laughs) I would have been so embarrassed to be eaten by a crocodile. (laughs) I really would. But, see, we felt safe. We've, we didn't know we were in danger. But we were in the dark, literally and figuratively. If we don't know God, we are in the dark. We are living away from God. And because God loves us, he doesn't want us to stay like that. God sent Jesus to rescue us. As the passage says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So God wanted to qualify us, to enable us to have this free pass to come to him so he sent Jesus to open the way for us to do, to do that. That baby that we remember, see that baby there? That baby that we remember at Christmas, he, he is significant because he was God come to earth. He was a baby who grew up to be a man who died on a cross and was punished in the way we should be punished for being alienated from God. God enables us to have a free pass into his kingdom. But, of course, it's not really a free pass because somebody pays, and that is Jesus. He paid with his death on the cross so that we can have the ability to come to God, to be not rejected by God, so that we can be forgiven by God. And that's why Christianity is so different from every other religion. We can never be good enough, but God gives us what we don't deserve. Jesus loves us and dies for us. I was 15 years old when I came to sort of begin to understand this, and I can honestly say my heart has been thank, joyfully thankful to God ever since. So, what's that? Fifty-three years. Do the math. <laughs> that makes me sixty-eight. And it's my joy to be standing here today. I'm excited to be able to tell people about Jesus. And um, if your heart, if if your heart isn't joyfully thankful to God, then I hope that today might be a day that that changes. I hope that today will be the first day of eternity at home with God. Thanks for listening.